This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. Okay, hi everyone. Uh, thank goodness it's Friday. It's Friday, April 21st. So this is Matthew Cruz, president of Comstock Investments. Uh, Trying out a new format here with Eric uh, in the Royal Office. Eric, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. So better than the markets, I hope. Yeah, better than the markets. So um, yeah, kind of depressing this week. I uh, I think everyone's a little surprised they're down as hard as they as they were. I guess I was looking at the focusing more on the weather myself, thinking you know it's showing a pretty cool forecast and. And, uh, we're not necessarily going to be late getting things planted, but, uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be all that early either. So, uh, I was hoping that was going to provide more support in the grain markets than what we saw today. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got delays all over the place and, you know, here the guys that did do some, uh, work ahead kind of got bit by it because we ended up getting some rains and, and, uh, so they're going to have to rework a lot of those areas. And yeah, you know, we, we, we got last year, we planted our beans first and, and those, we were starting to like that. And then they got clipped, you know, the frost came in late and then, right. And, uh, I guess this year we had a talk and decided we didn't like replanting our beans in late May. So, so now we're going to go back to doing the corn first. So yeah, uh, it, it all sounds good on paper until mother nature gets involved. Yeah, it's always better if you can do it once, I think. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I always used to say, you know, you got to plant early just so you have enough time to replant. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the earlier you start, the quicker you can get that third set in. Yeah. Um, well, I, but, yeah, I guess we, you know, we we got some decent rainfall. That may maybe one of the the reasons for the the market uh, moving lower. Um, you know, I don't know that we were super dry, but. Uh, it certainly helps, you know, and, and we can put that that moisture and save it in our soil bank and for, for you know, our first dry spell, I suppose. But uh, I told you I only got half an inch on the farm. I actually got a full inch. So, oh, good. Um, good. Yeah. So, but I, I guess you got a little bit more, um, not that far away. Yeah. Yeah. Here uh, at the office, we had, uh, by the time I emptied the gauge this morning, the week total was 2.4. So we were just shy of two and a half inches since Sunday. Okay. So yeah. that's pretty meaningful and, and makes an impact. And, you know, it is fairly widespread that people got rain. That much rain wasn't all that widespread. And so I was kind of in agreement. I thought, well, we'll probably, we'll probably see some pressure because there was several systems scattered around the country, but man, I didn't think they'd just knock it for three days straight like they did, but they sure got it done. Well, you, you look at, uh, what kind of happened this week, you know, it uh, seems like it took us, you know, a couple, couple weeks to kind of gain some momentum higher. And then this week we, from our highs, we sold off about 23 cents in the new crop horn. And so, I don't know, I, I think people are, some people are probably fairly depressed or concerned about that. Uh, what do you, what do you tell guys right now? Are they, is this a good buying opportunity or? Well, for now, I'm sure taking a stab at it. Uh, there's reasons to think that anywhere between 540 and, and where we closed today at 548 in December corn, uh, that, that has merit. Uh, so, you know, if a guy's buying right here, you risk a dime and let's see what happens here. 
uh, old crop cash basis is still strong. You know, I don't have to go very far to find 90 over um, the July board and they've just walloped it. Of course, there's no sellers left in the May either. So that's why we're seeing so much pressure in the July commercials moved out to the July about a month ago. And so really no hedge pressure against the May. So July takes all the punishment and we see what we have over the last three days in that contract. But I also think there's a decent buy too, because you've got reasons to think that anywhere between six and six Oh six is probably going to hold the bottom side in the July. So it's pretty minimal risk there. Yeah. You know, you got to protect yourself, but I think it's worth taking a poke at it. Yeah. I think the old crop cash prices have still uh, stayed fairly tight. You know, even if the, the futures market is sold off, um, you know, the, the, the basis has improved slightly. And so, um, yeah, yeah, and, and maybe I can only speak to Northwest Iowa. Um, I know our, we get people from um, 30 different states that, uh, subscribe to our report, but, uh, so they're from all over. And of course the base is going to be different, but, uh, it just seems like that uh, anytime the price falls below seven dollars it's not there too too long and then it kind of bounces back and so um and so it seems like there's just enough stocks are tight enough for old crop that uh it might be hard to see prices go below that for for cash corn i guess for old oh crop. yeah yeah i i completely agree and you know i talking to a lot of these guys from you know obviously not 30 states but I talk to guys from 10 different states every day and, you know, the number changes. You, you made the comment about $7 and, and in one place it might be 680 and in another place it might be, um, no exaggeration, 780. Um, and so that you, you kind of see that same theme everywhere. Uh, you may lose some ground on the futures basis makes up the difference. The futures start to gain some ground get up to levels where we're hitting resistance again, and then you might see the basis back off a little bit. But I'm hearing a lot of reports of, of elevators that are, they're not well covered once we get into July. Mm-hmm. And so I, I suspect that we're going to continue to see that cash strength in the old crop. And, you know, I, I don't care what the weather does. It's not going to make any July corn. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. So um maybe talk about soybeans a little bit. Uh, you know, old crop or new crop, uh, new crop scenario for soybeans, at least for me, still is pretty favorable. Uh, you know, I, I look at, uh, what the USDA has projected for, for ending stocks next season. And even with a decent crop, if we get, you know, an average of 52 bushels per acre nationwide, um, you know, the, the overall scenario really doesn't change that much, uh, from where we're at now. Uh, which kind of contrasts maybe a little bit more with um, with the corn market. You know, I also look globally at what's going on in, with the drought in South America, and and uh, you know, Argentina has just gotten pummeled here. Uh, and, and so, if you add up kind of the the losses from what they're initially expecting earlier in the season, it's really not that different than than last year at this time. And and uh, and last year is what you know, help prices reach to those those new highs that get above seventeen dollars in the soybeans. So um I guess those are reasons for me that it makes me more long term positive uh for new crop beans. I don't I don't know what your thoughts are. No, I agree. And and you know, so I, I think if I'm if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly is you're basically thinking that the continental production 
is not going to be much different than last year when we were making uh, new crop levels a dollar plus higher than where we're at now. And and I, I don't know that <clears throat> I don't know where that number ends up. I did look uh, today a little bit for a couple of clients and and really there's plenty of argument to be made that November beans could go a dollar higher. I don't know that we can reach 14 again without some failures. Uh, but, you know, with with stocks as they are, I mean, you trim one bushel off the beans and you make a big impact to the to the bottom line. So I I agree. And today was a just a perfect technical setup where we we tested support in, in both May and November. Uh, I know the May isn't as meaningful now because there's not a lot of people working off of the May on the cash side. But but technically, it still very much matters because it is making the continuation chart and so technicians are definitely watching that and we hit 1480 to the tick in the may went through 1280 by a couple cents in the november but that setup is just perfect and so you know maybe we do have a little weather spook in the in the southern plains and and southern midwest over the weekend and we get a little bounce from here yeah yeah i hope so um it may be uh talk a little bit about hogs uh Mostly because I've, I've been buying trading hogs on your recommendations. And so I started to <laughs> buy, buy here down at these, these low levels and hoping that we're forming a bottom and it, it's, uh, been slow so far, I guess. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, we had, we had the one day, what was it? Uh, Wednesday, I guess was kind of a surprise. I, I didn't expect to see that weakness that we did on Wednesday. So. So that kind of had to push the reset button a little bit. But since then, we've made higher lows for two sessions following that Wednesday low. Um, you saw a, a nice spike in cutouts today, at least on the midday reporting. So we'll have to see how the closing report looks. But the midday report was pretty nice, uh, up like 265. And at the same time, you had June cutout futures up $1.05. So if you can get that coming and then and then maybe that drags cash a little bit, uh, we are working into the second quarter here. and and that was kind of the turning point. We're looking for a higher third quarter prices. So as we get near the end of the second quarter, maybe we're looking at something a little different, but the technical setup is there. We've just got to hold that low from Wednesday. So I still kind of like being long hogs, especially from these price levels. Of course it is hogs. So you got to be cautious. Yeah. Yeah, The stories about empty buildings are just everywhere. Okay. And so you got to think there's going to be a hole in the supply at some point, but we've been hearing that for months too. So I, I don't know. Uh, how long has that been going on? I mean, we're, give me an example. Of where where you been hearing that? Um, Western Minnesota, Northwest Iowa, uh, Eastern South Dakota, Eastern North Dakota. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of hog operations, a lot of hog buildings uh, in this part of the world, and uh, you know, the Iowa Minnesota regional numbers are always one of the most prevalent on the on the on the market, and and it's it's those regions where we're hearing those things and. Um, you know, contracts getting canceled. Uh, not sure how that's going to work out legally, but, uh, you know, they're just, okay, we're done. We're not going to ship you anymore and, uh, good luck. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, obviously I don't know on a percentage basis or anything else. The market is, uh, so integrated that it, it's really hard for anybody to know, but I do have a, a couple of clients in some pretty large operations that, um, they're, they're, they keep hearing, well, there's, there's going to be a hole. There's going to be a hole, but we were having the same discussion last fall. Yeah. 
Uh, I was going to, for selfish reasons, I was going to ask about uh, your thoughts on crude. Just when uh, we had was a week or two ago, crude gapped open quite a bit higher. Um, I think based off some of that information um, uh, about uh, Russia and, and their exports. And uh, so I actually sold crude at 81, thinking that we we're going to come back and eventually fill that gap. And we're getting there. We came real close today, but uh, you think yeah. we'll still, still see that happen? Yeah, I think that's the general consensus is, you know, it, it, crude had a, a, an actual reduction in inventories on the on the report Wednesday. Um, and that normally would be seen as as bullish, but the market held the sell off that day and, and people were kind of going, what the heck, you know, why, why are we going down or staying down? I guess at that point when, when we're reducing inventory and, and the answer is because the products were, were, we had builds in both, uh, distillates and, and, uh, gasoline. So when you've got heating oil and gasoline stocks rising, it kind of crude, crude becomes almost an alienated market, uh, as far as their inventory levels. So, um, that's kind of what we saw this week. And, and I, and I do think technicians are going to want to see that gap filled. It was just too big and too prevalent, uh, based on those OPEC cuts and then, and then Russia flooding the market with, with cheap oil. You know, they're basically laundering it through outside countries. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, uh, maybe going back to, to corn again, what's your thoughts on these? We're seeing these pretty big spreads in the, uh, May and, uh, July contracts. What uh, What are your thoughts there? You, uh, you see that narrowing again or not? I don't know that it's going to narrow before the May gets into delivery. So it almost becomes untradeable for spec traders or anybody who doesn't want to either facilitate or take delivery. So it's going to be hard to trade. But I, I think that that spread could continue. The record is uh, 61, 62 cents, something like that. And, you know, as we're talking here, we're at, we're at 48. Mm-hmm. So we're not too far away. I mean, we have one more yeah. day like today and we're there at record levels. Yeah. Um, now the, the caveat here is that the May, like I said earlier, doesn't have any real sellers there. So that thing goes into delivery and they put a short squeeze on it could really rocket higher. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing really to stop it. So mm-hmm. for those that are, uh, that are still in there short, it would, uh, behoove you to move i think yeah okay well what what else uh you know do you want to add to this uh, you know any other general feedback that uh general sentiment from from customers on what they're thinking about doing that you want to share well we did have cattle on feed report today uh that came out at two o'clock it was uh i guess in a word it was well, i guess it's going to be two words slightly bearish uh, the placement number did not meet expectations, which we kind of suspected and printed that within the Comstock report that it was going to be a hard expectation to meet. And, and uh, they had, uh, I guess the trade had it pegged at 95% placements and it comes in at 99. And it's not real difficult to figure out that when you don't have grass, you've got very limited options as to where to go with those calves. And so they go to the feedlots. So the placement number stayed up at 99 versus the 95 expectation on feed numbers. Not, uh, not any big deal. Came in at 96. They were expected at 95. Marketings were right in line with the expectation at 99%. So that 
it, it, that's going to lean bearish in a market that probably needs a good correction anyway. So the cattle market was probably the, the major topic of discussion today because I think guys are getting a little spooked. Uh, we've got steady to slightly lower cash out in the country t- this week. Uh, feeder barns seem to have plateaued. We were seeing 6 to $10 higher almost everywhere last week. And then this week we've just been steady. Uh, and grinding slightly lower. So that's been a big one. Uh, otherwise, you know, concern over this lower trade here. But I, I will give guys credit. I think today I probably fielded more calls wondering, was this an opportunity to buy? And so when they can overcome the emotion of the market and be looking like, well, is, is this an opportunity staring us in the face? I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you can kind of sense a lot of times the, the emotion that, that a lot of the farmers have and, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's understandable when you have a, a market that, that's dropped this sharply this week. So yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Okay. Um, the other, I guess, major concern from people has been <laughs> one that even, even people that aren't involved in the cotton market have been asking about cotton and why can't it get moving higher? And I, I think the answer is going to lie with, uh, with planted numbers. Once we see actual planted acreage, then we can have a number to work with. But, uh, that would be another one that people have been kind of. You, you think the market's a little skeptical at what what the the last March intending intentions report came out with? Was it like eleven point eleven point three million acres for cotton? Is that what it was? Yeah, right, right, right around there. Yeah, between eleven and eleven and a half, and and yeah, I think most people looked at that and kind of smirked because uh, you know with price levels that we see, you know, we're not even close to break even here. You can't you can't make money growing cotton at these price levels when you look at that December. Yes at 8038 here at the close today you're you're 12 dollars below production yeah well 12 cents per pound 12 dollars per hundred weight yeah so i i don't know when that changes but uh i think there's fear that maybe we're going to see some wheat acres shift to milo and cotton and and maybe a lot of people are thinking cotton wins that battle a little bit okay um good well uh, any any other kind of wrap up thoughts that you want to share with people? Well, some things that caught me off guard this week. I got a picture today from a guy who uh, is getting ready to rework a field of winter wheat to go to Milo because he got it zeroed out, and we're expecting to hear a little more of that by the end of the month. So that one was kind of a biggie for me. And then also talked to a client who raises cattle and owns a sale barn in Kansas who is trucking cattle to near Joliet, Illinois, 700 miles one way because he found some grass. Yeah. And that's a, that's an amazing thing. I remember you saying that. I I can't imagine that's very cost effective, but. uh, Yeah. Well, lucky for him, he's, he's sending trucks out to Kentucky to catch some, some stalkers to come back anyway. So, you know, he's getting back hauls out of it and making it work a little better. But man, a dedicated trip like that, it'd be $3,500. Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Yeah, just kind of wild. And, and you know, here we say, oh, well, it's kind of dry until we got a two-inch rain this week, but we're yeah. not even in the realm that they are in the summer. Yeah, that, that drought is still lingering pretty hard and fast there in that uh, western Kansas and the Texas Panhandle. and, and uh, you know, Oh, it's bad. Really haven't, yeah, nothing's really changed there yet. So I think it's – but but yeah, we haven't 
you know, seen that an impact in the in the cotton or the the wheat market yet because due to that either. So no, no, it's, it's that, that's what's surprising. So yeah, yeah. At some point, you think someone's gonna poke these markets hard enough, they're gonna move, but they just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, what maybe just one final thought? I mean, what do you think we're gonna see next week? Uh, put you on the spot here for the markets. <laughs> you think we'll? I guess you're 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 optimistic corn, right? You've been buying corn, so you think we'll see a maybe a bottom form here and start to bounce back? Yeah, and and I think it could be a little bit of a surprise. You know, I talked to guys today that that are really scared about this weekend weather because they've got six inch tall corn and headed wheat and and they're wondering you know if they get down to 30 degrees which they have the potential in several different areas uh what's that going to do and so there i think there's enough fear and, and potential weather headlines just over the weekend that we could have a, a a fun sunday night but uh without that weather i don't know this this could be a bit of a grind for a little while yeah i would be nervous if i was in their shoes but uh um you know even if they Hopefully they do escape the frost damage, but uh, even then these cold temperatures aren't going to do a lot for crop development. So I don't, uh, not sure what they're going to gain by planting this early. So, you know, what, one other comment or thought that I had was just the, you know, those, um, we, we've talked about using the uh, crop insurance price guarantee levels. What is it? Five ninety one for corn and thirteen seventy one for beans. Is that right? Um, uh, five ninety three and thirteen seventy six. Okay, so yep. it's pretty close. Yeah, you're pretty <laughs> close from memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not starting to age a little bit, but um, so you know, we we've talked about maybe using those as maybe benchmarks um, for future sales. Do you still agree with that? That uh, you'd like to see the market get back above those levels? Before we start making sales, or or are you uh, thinking that's going to be a tall order? I, I think that's going to be a tall order. I really do. I think there's potential that we'll get there. I don't know when. I don't know what's going to propel that rally, but I think you've got to start a little a little premature than that. Um, we, you know, for our subscribers, we'll be coming out with a kind of a multifaceted hedging strategy to get started on 25 to 50 percent of the crop. Uh, I think as soon as the first of next week, we should be printing that. But, you know, it, realistically, um, okay, we, we've got crop insurance set at 593. Well, that's a 505 guarantee on 85 RP, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we can somehow structure a hedging strategy that gets us to $6 cash, uh, I've talked to people in Kansas about that price level. I've talked to people in Iowa about that price level, and everybody kind of ends up in that. $400 an acre range. Um, and so, you know, if, if we can, if we can be somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, through our hedging strategies, then, then I think that's going to be a, a good ticket. So that's what we'll be shooting for. And, and I think ultimately what it's going to take is getting close to those numbers. I think December corn around 580, we could pull the trigger on some positions that would get us, that would get us to $6 through, through a couple different angles. Yeah. I think, you know, last, Two, probably three years, people have, you know, probably raised their eyebrows at us a little bit saying, why aren't we, you know, looking to hedge more than, than what we are? And, and I think it's just because of the, the bullish scenario that we, you know, still think that the, um, there was more upside. But I, I think now we're turning the corner and that's, that's 
starting to change. And so I think, yeah, we need to be more, more aggressive than in the past now about getting hedges in place. So that's, that's my two cents, Bo. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is going to be a time we got to get a little aggressive and, you know, we, we aggressively sold at the end of last year, old crop corn. And so far here we are, you know, coming up on, on four full months into this year and we still haven't really been able to beat the price levels that we sold at in December. So, yes. you know, it, so far it looks like that was a decent decision and, and we did pretty well there. And, and so we're going to have to try to, we're going to have to work at it harder this year. Last year it was almost just sell off the combine. Great. Over $7 done. Let's go to next year. Yeah. This year is going to take some, some, uh, tactical work. Yeah, exactly. I think if you had just sold everything at the combine last year, you would have done pretty well, but I don't think we can expect that this season. Right. Right. Um, well, very good. Well, I, I'm, uh, I think we'll, I'm out of ideas here. So we'll <laughs> up next week. So yeah, any, any, anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Appreciate everybody listening and we'll, uh, try to, try to get next week. All right. For a more complete version right. of the Comstock report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.